What movies are on your top 10 favorite list? Well, today, I'm talking to one of movies' most famous spoiled brats from one of my favorite movies of all time. So sit back, grab a few everlasting gobstoppers, and get ready for a very special episode of Up Next. Hey everyone, it's John Contretti, and welcome to another episode of Up Next. Today, my guest is an actress, an author, and a psychotherapist. She is best known for her acting, for playing the spoiled Veruca Salt in the classic film Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Welcome, Julie Dawn Cole. Thank you very much. Hello there. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm recovering from COVID. Um, but thankfully, I didn't get it <clears throat> too badly. Mm-hmm. I just got a bit of a croaky voice every now and again. So forgive me if I have to <clears throat> do that too many times. It's okay. So aside from acting, I said you are an author. I do have a copy of your book. Her, <laughs> her book is I Want It Now, a classic phrase from her iconic movie character. So before we get into it, where were you born and raised? I was born in Guildford, Surrey, um, which is south of London. Um, It's a kind of country market town, as it were, were, I think. And uh, actually, it's a city because we have the cathedral. So it's a city. um, And that's where I was living when I was cast in Willy Wonka. Did you have aspirations for acting? Were you in dancing school? Did you ever think about it? No, I was at um, an ordinary school and um, I had a very kind of, uh, I guess she was sort of an ambitious go-ahead teacher. She was just my teacher. I was nine years old, you know, at that kind of age, whatever grade you call it. Um, But uh, yeah, so, um, and she organised a little group and we used to rehearse in our school lunch hour and do plays um, um the first one we did we did a production of cinderella in which i played the fairy godmother because i think i was the only girl to possess a pair of ballet shoes because i had had some ballet lessons at the time that was it really i think that was the only reason i got the part and then we did some other ambitious projects and she encouraged my mother that i should audition apply for theater school which i did how did you hear about was her announcement that they were casting for a new film in your area probably but you know I at theatre school it was just part of the routine is that you're uh, the, the principal of the school who was also one of the agents would just call you into school assembly in the morning you know other assemblies they would kind of I don't know read out some rules and this that and the other and notices and we had the what we used to call the workbook was read out and who was going auditioning or working that day and it was just another audition you know there were many auditions sometimes you'd have you know four or five a week so for that character Veruca how many times did you have to audition for it I I can't remember totally I mean certainly three four maybe five I remember the first couple that were just a kind of cattle call of all the girls of the right height were marched into the hall and then there was a a bit of a reading I think we had to read from the book and then then gradually it was shortlisted 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 and so eventually I I do remember at one point there were five of us and then I remember there were two of us as it got down to the two of you did you think you had it no 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 I was just uh you know, it was fun to be there and it was, uh, it, you know, it was a good, fun process, you know, got me out of school for a couple of hours too. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, no, I do, I, I don't, I don't ever recall thinking, I mean, you hope, but you know, I was realistic back then about what the odds were. So, yeah. So once you got the part, how long before they started filming? 
I believe I got the part somewhere around about February, um, February, March. And then I went out to Germany where it was shot. I went out in August. So that was to pre-record the song. So that was quite a, a long period of time. I'm sure it was about March. Maybe, yeah, might, might have been April, maybe. I remember because I had hay fever and I was trying to kind of dose myself up so that I didn't turn all nasally like this. <laughs> I, just, yeah, I had hay fever, so it might well have been April. And I think Peter, who played Charlie Bucket, I think he was really late casting because they went to um, Cleveland, Ohio to, to cast his part. He was at... Um, a community theatre and had a very good reputation. So they went looking for him there. And uh, he tells me that he flew to Germany like two weeks after that casting. In fact, I think he was at summer camp at the time and they kind of had to haul him out and pack him off to Germany. So he had no prep time at all. So I think he must have been one of the last to be cast. So you were in Germany for a few months then? Yeah, three months. Yeah. Uh, The first scene that you did was the big musical number. No, it wasn't. The very first scene that we shot all together, Pete, um, Charlie Bucket was doing stuff before he was one of the first on set. You know, he was doing all that newspaper delivery stuff, running around the streets and doing all of that. Um, When I showed up, he was filming um, I've Got a Golden Ticket with Jack Albertson. That was my first day on set. Um, the very first thing that we all shot together was the exterior of the shop of the factory when we were all sitting outside the gates waiting to go in. That was September um, over a period of a week. You know, it wasn't just one day. But, yeah, we were outside uh, on that location for a week. That's when we all first met each other. You had read the book before making the film? I had. Only just because uh, the casting's 1970. The book was published in 68. So it wasn't hugely well-known. I'd never heard of it. Roald Dahl, I think, was more famous at the time for his adult stories, those sort of short horrors that he used to to write, or suspense thriller. Um, So when I was going for the final recall, um, my agent said, you'd better read a copy of this book quick. (laughs) So I went out with the school bus driver and we got a copy and I read it on the train home and thought it was the most amazing story. Did you become close while working with all those people? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, we still kind of view each other as family. You know, we had, we've shared an experience that, you know, our family members weren't able to share. So, yeah. Um, and of course, you know, being on location away from home, you know, we didn't have Netflix or Amazon Prime or any of those things. Then, you know, didn't have any TV that we could go and watch. So, yeah, we all hung out together. So I think I was particularly close to Pete, uh, Charlie Bucket and Denise, who played Violet. We were the three closest in age. And how about the adults? You became close with the, each one had a parent in the film. Yeah. Yeah. Each parent kind of parented us. So, yeah, Roy Kinnear, who played my dad, who was a lovely, lovely, sweet man, um, kind, funny became like my dad you know we'd go on outings at the weekend I remember we went off to Austria to go and visit some castles and that kind of thing so yeah very much it was your parent took care of you you mentioned that he taught you how to get into the frame of a picture of the picture yes yes so he used to do this thing he used to call it his left hand luma my left hand luma I said what's that Roy he said well when you're you know in the back of somebody else's shot you just shift your weight either onto the left leg or the right leg 
And if it's the left leg, that's your left hand loomer. And if it's the right leg, it's the right hand loomer. And you get your shoulder or yourself in the back of somebody else's shot. And that means you get more screen time and sometimes you get overtime. <laughs> so you were there without your family, am I correct? Mm -hmm. you, you were given that's a guardian right. while you were there? Yeah, I had a chaperone. She was my tutor stroke chaperone. So, you know, I was with her 24-7, which is a bit tedious. Um, and I'd never met her until I got to the airport. Um, can't imagine doing that to children nowadays. I mean, it'd be extraordinary. But, you know, my mum had a job and I had a sister and, you know, my mum couldn't just leave her job for, you know, three months. So, yeah, I was out there with my chaperone. The other kids all did. They all had a relative with them, um, Pete had mum and dad different times. Paris, who played Mike TV, had his mum and his sisters. His One of his sisters was my stand-in. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Michael, who played Augustus, lived locally anyway. Um, and Violet, uh, Denise, had her sister with her. So, yeah, they all had family. And there were other kids around too because the director had a daughter our age the assistant director had three boys and they were often stand-ins as well and that kind of thing so there were there were a bunch of other kids it wasn't just us so Augustus Gloop didn't speak English the actor he did not um you know he was 12 back then and no he didn't speak any English so you know we would say good morning and he'd say good morgan and you know that was pretty much it um now of course when we do reunions you know he's a very funny guy and his English is perfect way better than my German and um you know it's lovely to be able to connect with him now and uh you know we have some laughs when we meet up and Mr. Wonka Gene Wilder what was he like Oh, he was lovely. You know, I mean, I don't have a bad word to say about Gene. Nobody could, you know, impossible. He was lovely. He was kind. He was generous. He was funny, patient, uh, wonderfully creative. You know, that lovely sparkle that he had. He was just a nice, nice man. To play that character, did you base it upon anyone? Did you have to just bring up some things in your mind to be her? <sighs> we all have a shadow self, don't we? Uh, so she's my she's my dark side <laughs> and, and you know that's I would never be allowed to behave like that so it's really you know great fun to be able to let rip and just be obnoxious did people treat you differently after the movie came out did anyone look at no. you differently no no uh maybe that maybe a few did I don't know but you know I was at acting school and it was just a job um but, you know, sometimes it has its uses, you know, if you sort of stamp your feet a bit and, you know, want it, I want it now. You know, sometimes it gets you a few perks. The movie wasn't a hit when it first came out. It was not. It was not a box office success. Um, didn't last at all. Disappeared. And, uh, you know, we thought that's it. Um, but then, of course, the advent of um, VHS and DVD and all of those things meant that people had access to it again you know it was a while before it was shown um at Christmas and that kind of thing so that you know that having it you know that people could then watch it when they wanted change things and um yeah no box office success it was not you can speculate why you know was it ahead of its time you know people didn't want to really look at kids being bumped off I don't know you know um but, it, you know, it came into its own and then became the, the the cult film that it is now, I guess, from the sort of 80s onwards. My experience with it was I never saw it in the movie theater. 
here yeah. in the United States, they would air it every Thanksgiving night. Yeah. And it would air from eight to 10 o'clock. And the problem was we would spend Thanksgiving at relatives house. So I would see the beginning of it. <sighs> and then we would get in the car for a 40 minute drive home, you know, yeah. and, and then I would see, you know, the end of it. So that was always <laughs> a big problem for me. You know, I'd rather have been home at eight o'clock to watch it from yeah, the beginning. Happened in the middle. <laughs> so, but then here, all these years later, like you said, it's become very popular. Yeah. Um, when you did the big musical number, how did yeah. that take place? Did you have to record in a studio first? We recorded the song, yeah, it, before shooting began. And they also changed the lyrics a couple of times. So I re-recorded it and re-recorded it. The lyrics were different. There was a verse all about a brown cow and wanting brown cow milkshakes or something, something weird. So they changed the lyrics on that. And, um, yeah, so re-recorded it again. And I was given a, a back then, you know, a reel-to-reel cassette, uh, you know, a, not even a cassette player. It was just tape to practice lip syncing in a mirror in my hotel room. And then on Saturday mornings, when everybody else was off doing something fun, I met up with the choreographer and we did, when they had started to construct that set, then I was called in to rehearse um, just to kind of block things out and look at the space that we had while they were constructing it. And different articles that I've read over the years, the director is Mel Stewart. Was he tough? Was he a tough director? He was, he was, um, you know, one of those kind of typical kind of shouty directors, you know, get this, do that, stand here, do that. So we were all rather scared of him. I know I certainly was, but, you know, he was uh, underneath it. He was harmless, but he could be, he could be curmudgeonly. That's a good word, isn't it? Curmudgeonly. I think that's what he'd be, irascible. So last year was the 50th anniversary. I know it was hard to celebrate around the world, but you do what you could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very sad because, uh, you know, we were looking forward to doing something special. Um, so we, we couldn't. Um, and I, during early part of lockdown, um, thought, oh, you know, when we were all really struggling and uh, on my Facebook page, I, I read the whole of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which was a great fun thing to do. Um, so we enjoyed doing that. And a lot of people watched it and said, you know, thank you for doing it kind of thing. I really enjoyed doing it. But yeah, so we didn't get to do much for the 50th, but um, oh, well, let's hope we last till the 60th. <laughs> so after the film, you went back to school. Yeah. Uh, then you did a sitcom called And Mother Makes Three. That's right. Yeah. Um, a sitcom with an actress called Wendy Craig, British actress, and she was a, a mum with two boys. And I played horrible Arabella another bratty girl, a whiny girl that lived next door. So I was, again, <laughs> typecast. Um, so I did that for a while. Um, David, who was one of her sons, is was one of my friends from school, still great friend, and he's now a movie producer. And he produced Shakespeare in Love, The Madness of King George, My Week with Marilyn, uh, a whole raft of things, The Father recently with Anthony Hopkins. Um, so David's a very... Great films. Yeah, great films. Yeah. Uh, you can find And Mother Mix 3 on YouTube. A lot of, a lot of your work is on YouTube. Did a lot of uh, research. And all that stuff surfaces and then people send you things and you're thinking, I'd forgotten I did that. <laughs> you were in a film called That Lucky Touch. Yeah. It was Roger Moore and Shelley Winters played your mom. Yeah, Shelley Winters and Lee J. Cobb Lee was J. my Cobb. father. 
That's right. Lee J. Cobb and Shelley Winters were a married couple. And then it was uh, Susanna York and Roger Moore. Um, and I played the daughter. But, and, and Shelley was hilarious because uh, they, I don't know why, they had this great big um, old English sheepdog, which was the family pet. And Shelley couldn't handle this dog at all whenever it was in a scene that she was supposed to be in. So she I think I should have my daughter in this scene because she, you know, she'd rather I was looking after the dog than her. But it, they did used to make me laugh. And they were like an old married couple. Lee J. Cobb in the morning would be going, oh God, that voice, that voice. Because she would, she would start, Howard, Howard, my nails, my hair. <laughs> it was very funny. Did you know who Shelley Winters was before you made the film? Oh, I did because um, the Poseidon Adventure. I one of my favourite movies that I remember watching. Um, yeah, when that came out and saw that two or three times at the movie theatres, terrified me. That, that terrified me. I always say to friends, those horror slasher movies—they really don't scare me. But films like the Poseidon Adventure, the oh, Towering Inferno, those absolutely. films scare me. They traumatise you, don't they? They really do. No, that the idea of. You know, I can, I, I'm there with it now, you know, being upside down. And I remember all the, you know, the cooking fat going everywhere and the fires in the galley. Oh, it was terrifying. No. So I've never been cruising for that reason. I do not want to go on a cruise ship. So you did a TV series called Angels where you were a nice character. You played a yeah. nurse. What was Finally, that like? Got to be a nice girl. Yeah, I was 17 when I went into that. It was a BBC drama about six girls who were student nurses. And it was unusual because, you know, most drama at the time, you know, certainly didn't focus around young women. So it was unusual and it was a huge hit. And I was in it for three, three seasons. So two years. Um, and again, a, a wonderful cast and directors, you know, a lot of people came guesting in it. So I suppose it was like um, ER or something of its day. So when I have, when I do interviews, I like to do some research because everyone knows you as Veruca, but I knew that you did other things. You also did a TV movie called Camille with Colin yes. Firth, John Gilbert yes. and Ben Kingsley. Yes. Yeah, it was an amazing uh, yeah, um, uh, movie ab about um, uh, of Camille, the, the novel. Um, and we filmed on location outside Paris in Versailles and various other places. And I was... Um, sharing a trailer with Billy Whitelaw, um, amazing actress. And we were sitting there on location one day, as you sometimes do in the afternoon, waiting for the weather to clear or whatever it was. And there was a little tap at our trailer door and open the door and then finding Sir John Gielgud on the doorstep saying, would you mind awfully if I came in with you? I'm rather lonely on my own. So I had this very surreal afternoon with Billy Whitelaw talking about, um, you know, working with Samuel Beckett and, um, and, and John Gielgud telling his stories. It was just like, I can't believe I'm doing this. That was probably after Arthur, right? Yes. So when I go on YouTube and I put people's names in, you know, all your credits come up. So you've been doing acting since Willy Wonka. Yep, right the way through. I was very lucky. I didn't have to go and bus tables or anything. I managed to, you know, have a, a good career for a long, long time. And then about 12 years ago, a little bit before that, I decided I didn't want to do it anymore. I had a good life. I had my children. I wanted to sleep in my own bed at night rather than be traveling around the country. And um, I wanted to do something a bit more meaningful or different. And I trained as a psychotherapist. So why did you choose that? Um, 
I don't really know. Um, it was something that interested me. But I think now looking back on it, it's probably not that dissimilar to acting. You know, in, in an acting role, you're trying to, as an actress, figure out what makes your character tick. Yeah, psychotherapists, we try to work out what makes people tick. It's not that different. You know, one's, one's fictitious and one's real. So, Has the past two years given you more it, work to do? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been very difficult, hasn't it, for everybody? Um, you know, I'm sure we haven't seen the full extent of it yet. You know, little kids who haven't socialized or have had to wear masks and can't read people's faces as well as they might. Um, I'm working now with pr- primarily university students and college students, and you know, they've got a lot of anxiety because they haven't been mixing and socializing with people, you know, kind of slightly imposter syndrome. They're not sure if they should, if they've earned their place. Um, And, you know, and it's anxiety provoking when we've all been shut up for two years and then you have to go back out in the world again. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of scary. Do you work with people of all ages? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, Yeah. My organizational work is mainly the sort of 18 to 25, 30 um, but yeah, I do work with children and with older people as well. I was in worked in palliative care for a long time too. So obviously you tend to get older people in that, that, uh, that frame of reference. If you were ever approached for a role, maybe with an actor, an actress who you admire, and they say, we'd like to give you this part, would you consider doing something again? Uh, I think I would now. Yeah, I would now. Um, If you'd asked me, you know, even two years ago, and I've said no, but, you know, I'm coming up close to retirement now. So now I think, yeah, I can pick and choose, you know, what I do. So I will retire from my kind of day-to-day organisational work. And I never wanted to, I didn't want to be sitting with a client who's in deep distress and they're looking at me thinking, where have I seen you before? (laughs) I don't think that would be helpful. But, you know, maybe now I'll pick and choose a little bit more. So what are you up to today? Um, I've just got back from Scarborough in Yorkshire and I had a wonderful little time up there doing my first convention in two years, which was a sci-fi comic con. So that was great fun. Um, So I'm in Hampshire. I'm going to be meeting up in end of July with hopefully all of the kids that have left and Rusty Goff, one of the Oompa Loompas, and we're hoping to do Manchester Comic Con. For anybody that's in the UK, that'll be the first time we've all been together in, you know, five years probably now. And uh, yes, yeah, shortly I'm off on vacation. Fingers crossed and everything goes okay. And now that I'm clear and I've have had negative lateral flow and I'm fully vaccinated and I will be off to Phoenix, Arizona in a few days time. And the fictional character, Veruca. Veruca's home. What happened to her? I think she should be doing community service somewhere and um, but whether she is or not I don't know I suspect she why would she be doing community service what did she do oh I reckon she did all sorts of things I reckon she probably you know yeah I don't know what she did she would maybe she no, maybe not she probably just got everybody else to do everything her dirty work for her we always laugh and we say you know Violet Beauregard would be cleaning the gum off pavements and that kind of thing you know that'd be her job um, so yeah, Veruca. I think Veruca, because she was so shallow and vain, she would have just married somebody very rich and done nothing. She'd have just, you know, 
gone. She'd be she'd be an influencer, I think. She'd be, you know, after all this stuff. I think she might be, and dare I mention her name, you know, might she be a Kardashian or might she be Paris Hilton? Possibly. You know, she could be somebody like that. I used to say that she, you know, she'd probably marry Trump, but that's not so funny now. <laughs> so if people want your book, I want it now, they can get it on Amazon. They can. They can. And you have a website. I do. Now, what the hell is my, excuse me, what is my, um, my, I'm Julie, what am I? JulieDonCole.co.uk. I think I'll oh, Google me. You'll find me. You'll find me. They'll find you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very bad at that. I'm not so good at PR. <laughs> so if you want to see more of Julie's work, go on YouTube. There's even a show called 40 something that she appeared on with Hugh Laurie and Benedict Cumberbatch before he was Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you remember that appearance? I do. I do. And of course, the, the other thing I did was um, we did a UK version of, we called it Married for Life. I think you have Married with Kids, was it? Was it? Well, we had Married with Children here. Married with Children. Married with Children. So we did the UK version of that. And I played the, the straight laced neighbor next door. And my husband was Hugh Bonneville, uh, Lord Grantham of Downton Abbey before he was. Lord Grantham. <laughs> so it's, it's funny how people come in and out of you know life and where everybody ends up. Julie, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on today Thank and you. feel better. Thank you. And everybody, if you want to just feel good again, just find Willy Wonka on the Chocolate Factory and just sit down and enjoy it. I'm John Contratti, and you've been listening to another episode of Up Next.